0: Welcome back to the Four Pillars of Life podcast. I am your host, Bobby Bazran. On this week's podcast episode, I'm going to talk about having faith, what that looks like, what that means, and how having faith can help us live with more happiness and peace. I truly hope you guys enjoy. Thank you. The literal definition of faith is to have complete confidence and trust in someone or something. So when I say have faith in God, to me, it means you have complete trust or confidence that sooner or later, even though in the moment it doesn't look and feel like it, that things will work out in your favor. You have complete optimism and reassurance that God is with you. He is guiding you. He is walking life with you. And he'll never place a battle on your shoulders that you simply can't handle. And it's okay if you're not a religious person because... You can take out the word God and replace it with karma, destiny, or fate, and the premise remains the same. You have complete trust and confidence in the higher power. I choose to have faith in God because, ever since I was a young kid, I would see my mom each and every single morning and each and every single night, pray to God. Whenever we went through a battle of adversity, failure, rejection, or even disease, we would pray to God and ask for help. When we went through a moment of positivity, whether we got a new job, promotion, car or house, we would pray to God and thank him. So ever since I was a young kid, praying in God have been a massive part of my environment and it stuck with me until today. And you might be asking yourself, why do you need faith? Why is it so important? Why can't we just live our own lives and control our own destiny? And you are absolutely right. You can control your own destiny, you can dictate your own life, but you have to understand there are certain things that are simply out of our control, and it's the things that are out of our control we spend the most time stressing about, worrying about, and creating this level of anxiety. We as human beings hate the unknown, we hate uncertainty, we hate not knowing what's going to happen next, we try planning our lives to the T, but that doesn't work. One of the biggest things that we stress and worry about, but it's simply out of our control is people. I've worked for this company for many years and I never had any problems with any of the management or my work colleagues until I got a new manager. And this new manager was something else. She was a complete dictator. She wanted things done her way and she wanted all the control and the power. And obviously, me and her ran into some issues and she started Spreading rumors about me that weren't true, how I wasn't a good worker. And at the time, I really enjoyed my job because I was able to work on my purpose at my job. And it was funding my traveling, my dreams, and everything else in between. So I didn't really want to lose it. But I was very fearful that with this new manager spreading these rumors, I could potentially lose my job. So I started doing what most people would do. Worry and stress about a situation that hasn't really happened yet. I would let something control me that was simply out of my control. Every time I worked, I would live in this constant state of fear, anxiety, and worry. During this time, I was listening to a lot of Michael Todd sermons. He's a pastor from Transformation Church. And one day while I was at work, I turned it on. And I didn't know if it was a sign from God or just a massive coincidence. But the sermon that he was preaching about fit right into my situation. The main premise was, when you're marked by God, you don't have to fight battles that He has already fought for you. And I'm sitting there thinking, what if God has already fought this battle for me? What if I'm stressing and worrying about a situation that He has already taken care of? But I truly believe you just can't sit there and have faith. You need to do some things of your own. You need to work and control what you can control. And in this situation, the only thing that I can control is myself, is my character, and how I responded to this manager. And up until that day, I was doing a horrible job. I would judge this person. Anytime somebody asked me about her, I would speak about her in a negative manner. So I made a pact to myself that I would stop doing that. I would have faith over the situation, but control what I can control. And in that moment, the only thing I can control is myself. So now when anybody asked me about her, I said she is a good person. I didn't judge. I didn't gossip about her. And after that day, I simply stopped worrying about the situation. Anytime my mind would bring it up, I would remind myself, when you're marked by God, you don't have to fight battles that He has already fought for you. Control what you can control in this situation, and that is yourself, and have faith over the rest. Because many times... The person that we are stressing about, that coworker who gets under your skin, the family member that keeps bullying you. God has already taken care of that situation. He has already taken care of that person. You just have to control what's in your control and have faith over the rest. After about a few weeks, I got a call from my HR and they said, we would like to meet you. And up until that meeting, I didn't stress. I didn't worry. And even a few days before the meeting, I had no level of anxiety or stress. When I got to the meeting, the HR and another manager said, we were aware of the situation that was going on. And don't worry, we took care of it. And we have your back throughout the entire process. We knew the manager was spreading rumors about you and we were not pleased about it at all. We took that manager out of your program and we just want you to know that we are very sorry. And the reason why I share that story with you guys is to help illustrate my point that there are some things that are simply out of our control in life. And one of them is people. And sometimes you need to have a level of faith that things will work out in your favor. That the things that you are stressing and worrying about, God has already fought for you. Just control what is in your control. Don't let something you can't control, control you. And as I'm saying that, I'm thinking to myself, I'm such a hypocrite. Because there's so many moments in my life where I stress, worry, and create this level of anxiety over something that is simply out of my control. But that's okay because no one's perfect. We're all a work in progress and we all need to get better. As I'm saying this, there's a story that comes to my mind. When my book was done being written and it was finally published, I would have so many sleepless nights. As soon as my head would hit the pillow, I would start having thoughts of stress, worry, and anxiety. What if people don't like my book? What if people don't buy it? What if people don't resonate with it? What if people make fun of me for writing a self-help book at such a young age? All these thoughts would just spiral and conjure up in my mind. And during this time, I was reading a book by Don and Ruiz called The Four Agreements. And one of the principles in the book helped me so much. It was called Always Do Your Best. I took that and I added my own spin of always do your best. So you never have to worry about the outcome. Because when you do something at 110%, when you leave no stone unturned, when you do your absolute best, you should never worry about the outcome because you already controlled what was in your control. During this time, I had to remind myself that the only thing that was in my control was writing the best possible book that I could have written. And I did. At the time, I wrote the best possible book with the information and resources at my head. So it didn't make sense for me to worry about a situation that was simply out of my control. Yes, I could market the book. Yes, I could advertise it by posting it on Instagram and doing other people's podcasts to help promote my book. And at the time, I was doing all of that. But a certain level of it was simply out of my control. I can't control how many people bought it. I can't control if people resonated with it or not. I wrote that book based on my experiences. So it didn't make sense for me to worry about a situation that was simply out of my control. Don't let something you can't control control you. And that's a lot easier said than done. I know that. But the next time you find yourself stressing and worrying, simply ask yourself, is this in my control? If the answer is no, control what you can control to help mitigate your stress, worry and anxiety and have faith optimism and reassurance over the rest sometimes in life it's just easier to have a little faith that things will work out in your favor that god is helping you behind the scenes when i was reading will smith's biography one story that really resonated with me is how we got the opportunity to be on the fresh prince of bel-air the show that propelled his acting career we all know will smith today as one of the most prolific actors in the entire world. But before he was an actor, he was a rapper, and a very successful one at that. In the late 90s, his first album was platinum. But as soon as he started getting the fame, money, and success, he stopped working on his craft. His second album shit the bed, and he started hanging out with the wrong group of people. He started partying and drinking. Not only that, he also owed a lot of money to the IRS. In a short span, Will Smith went from being at the top of the pinnacle to at the very bottom and things were about to get a lot worse. He had a friend that worked on the police force and that friend told him the group that you are hanging out with right now, they're about to be busted by the FBI. If I were you, I would get out of town. So Will Smith went to one of his friends and asked for some money. His friend gave him about $10,000. Will Smith took that money, booked him and his girlfriend at the time of flight to LA The next day when he got to LA, he got a phone call. The friend that gave him the money got shot dead. Will Smith was devastated, shocked. For about a month, he sat in his apartment and just dealt with the grief and pain. Until one day his girlfriend came up to him and said, Hey, the money that we had is all gone. What are you going to do about it? And he looked at her with his confused face and asked, What do you mean what am I going to do about it? And she said the same thing right back. What are you going to do about it? I know you went through a hard time. I know you're going through some grief. But whatever you're looking for, you're not going to find it here. We need money. Go out. Go down to the Arsenia Hall show. And at the time, the Arsenian Hall show was a very famous TV show. And a lot of people met backstage to network and connect. So Will Smith and his friends started going backstage a lot. And in a few months, he met a guy named Betty Medina. They exchanged contacts, and at the time, Benny Medina was starting his own TV show. Will Smith didn't think anything of it. They exchanged numbers and went their separate ways. When he was in Detroit, he got a phone call from a guy named Quincy Jones. And at the time, Quincy Jones was one of the most famous TV producers in the world. Quincy phoned him and said, hey, you met my friend Benny Medina. We're looking to start a TV show together, and we would love for you to be a part of it come to my house. I'm having a party out in LA. So Will Smith took a flight, met with Quincy Jones at his house. When he got there, he met Quincy. He mingled around. He met other people. Then towards the end of the night, Quincy handed him a script and said, we would love for you to be part of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Will Smith was shocked, but happy at the same time. He said, here's the script. I need you to audition in the next 10 minutes. Will Smith looked at him like he was crazy said, I can't do that. I need about two to three weeks to go over this script. Quincy said, you have 10 minutes. Go in that room and prepare. This is your opportunity. This is your one shot. Don't blow it. Will Smith did exactly that. He took the opportunity that was given to him. He went into the room, studied for 10, 15 minutes and came back out and gave the audition of his life. All the executives and Quincy loved him. That day, Will Smith signed his contract for the first season of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the show that propelled his acting career. And the reason why I share that story with you guys is to help illustrate my point, that no matter what dark moment you're going through, whether it's pain, grief, sorrow, failures, rejections, setbacks, that God is always working for you. He is saying your name in rooms that you haven't even stepped in. He is sending people to help you with your purpose. All you have to do is continue to work hard and never give up. There's a misconception out there that if you just have faith, things will work out in your favor. I don't believe in that, because without work, faith is non-existent. Will Smith didn't sit there on his hands and expect good things to happen to him. He went down to the Arsenian Hall show for months. He took an audition within 10-15 minutes when he needed 3 weeks. He took the opportunities that were given to him and he never gave up. I know sometimes in the moment, it feels like everything is going wrong. That God is against you. That the universe is out to get you. I understand that when you're going through failure, setbacks and pain. Look at Will Smith. His friend got shot dead. He lost all of his money. His career went down the tubes within months, within years. And he still came on top because he didn't give up. He didn't have that victim mindset. He kept going. He kept pushing past adversity. Understand a blessing never looks like a blessing in the moment. And when your purpose is bigger than yourself, God will help you. There's a story that I wrote in my book about Damian Lillard. We all know Lillard today as one of the best point guards in the NBA, signing over two $300 million NBA contracts, becoming an all-star and superstar. But before he got to the NBA, he was just a regular high school kid with dreams of going to the NBA. After he was done playing high school, Weber State University offered him a scholarship, and he took it. During his first year at Weber State, he received the Freshman of the Year Award. During his second year, he was the MVP of the entire league. His dreams were finally turning into reality. He could see his name on the NBA draft board. But things took an unexpected turn when Lillard broke his foot the year of the draft where he was meant to go as a lottery pick. Lillard was devastated, crushed. His dreams were right in his reach and they were snatched away from him within seconds. Now he had to go back to Weber State University for another year to rehab and play again. But instead of sitting there, having a victim mindset where most people say, why did this happen to me? Why is God out to get me? Why do bad things always happen to me? Instead of having that mindset, he worked. He started weightlifting to add size to his body. He did dribbling drills to improve his handles. And he started running to improve his cardio and conditioning. Lillard's trainer and his brother both said, The player that we see today as one of the NBA's top point guards was developed through that triumph moment, was developed when Damian Lillard broke his foot, and instead of having a victim mindset, he worked even harder. The next year, he led the entire nation in scoring and was drafted 6th overall by the Portland Trailblazers. That's why I say a blessing never looks like a blessing in the moment. Look at Lillard's situation. He always had dreams of going to the NBA, and right when those dreams were an arm's length in front of him, he broke his foot. Imagine the victim mindset he could have had, but he didn't, and he didn't just sit there and prayed things would get better. He didn't sit there and have faith. No, he worked because faith without work is non-existent. The reason why I share this story with you guys today is to understand that God knows exactly what you have to go through in order to be the person he destined you to be. I truly believe that the minute you were born, God instilled a tailor-made purpose within each and every single one of us. So he knows exactly what we have to go through in order to accept, sustain, and thrive in our purpose. Sometimes in life you have to understand the season you are in might be a season of growing. We have to go through those challenging events to be the person who we always wanted to be. You might get fired from your job tomorrow and you might have that victim mindset of how God is out to get me, the universe doesn't have my back. This is why I can't be the person that I want to be because bad things always happen to me. But that's God's way of reminding you that you always had dreams of having your own purpose. And you were never going to leave your job. So he had to fire you so you could start your dreams. We might get mad at God when we keep getting into a relationship where there's emotional abuse, where we're not respected. But that's God's way of telling you that I have the perfect man for you. You just have to show yourself some self-respect and leave the situation that is bringing you down. Because many times we would rather stay in a situation where there's less happiness, where there's no happiness, then leave because we would rather cling on to something than have nothing. But you have no idea what God has in store for you in the other door. A blessing never looks like a blessing in the moment. And you just have to understand your season. And that means knowing that the events that take place in your life, good or bad, happen for a reason. Your job is to find that reason to prevent yourself from living with regret, depression, anger, and resentment. And I truly hope you guys learned that within this podcast today. I hope you guys learned what having faith is, what that looks like, and what that means, and how it can help us live with more happiness, peace, and joy. I truly hope you guys enjoyed this week's podcast episode. Please tune in next week. Thank you. Hey, came in the game, getting money. Flip, six, whip, getting money.